The new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written. We can help write that story by setting goals. Melody Beattie. Hi everyone, welcome to Honey Butter Ramblings, a coming of age lifestyle podcast brought to you by Bailey and Anne. Join us Wednesday evenings for ramblings on professional development, outdoor activities, creative projects, and more. Hi everyone, who's ready for the holidays? Because I am definitely ready for a break to say the least. I'm headed back to Colorado this week for some much needed rest before I jump back into the school year. Like, after a semester off, it's gonna take a while for me to get back into that groove of things. Like, how do I even class anymore? I, how do I interact with other students? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Two weeks off is going to be so nice. But it, be, it can be kind of hard to jump into school or work with the post-holiday blues, you know, after all the, like, cookies and the fun and the family. And now it's back to, like, the dreary winter and, you know, going back to work. <laughs> but, um, but this week is going to be all about professional development with a New Year twist. So perhaps you're starting your job search for those of you who are graduating soon. Or perhaps you're jumping into another semester of school. Either way, we have some tips and tricks for you to help you get back on your professional development kick in the new year. We sure do. So let's dive in. Bailey, for our friends who will be graduating soon and looking for a job, what are some tips and tricks? Great question, Anne. First off, I know this time last year I was super disheartened to not have a job yet. Like I was panicked and I thought like my future would be over before it even began. I had started job searching in September before I graduated uh, that following May. And I was like convinced that if I didn't land something by December that I was gonna be doomed. And it was just like the worst feeling ever. I was like, oh my God, I don't have a job yet. Like, what am I gonna do? I, I mean, like, was that like, was that what it was like for you for grad school? Like, when did you start your search? Well, I started my grad search a little later than you're supposed to because I originally planned on doing a gap year after graduating and doing um, some like research job instead of grad school but when it came around like November December of like the year we were graduating I realized it would actually be better for me to go to grad school and work um, in a research lab like have research be part of my grad school that way I think that would be better for my medical school CV so in December I decided to um, start searching grad schools I ended up applying at CU Boulder and I also ended up applying at two other schools, but those were later. And I'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, for me, like, I ended up not finding a job until late May of this year. I had my first offer in early April, and then the second in mid-May, and the third in late May. And granted, this was after I graduated. I remember, I remember being so worried that I was graduating without 100% assurance of what I was going to be doing. Like not having a job and like going through graduation was like super stressful because it was like, shoot, what do I do after this? Do I just join like the rate of unemployment? Like, like what is, what is next? So that was kind of like worrisome, you know? Yeah. And then you got an amazing job. So like if any of you ramblers are graduating this December and you haven't found like the job you want yet, don't get discouraged and never give up. So, Bailey, what did you learn from that experience? Well, I learned that the job search process really takes about six months or longer. And for soon-to-be grads, uh, you really don't need to seriously start searching until March. But before March, what you need to be doing is networking. If you haven't read my job search tips blog from Monday, I really emphasize the importance of networking. 
80 to 90% of today's jobs are landed through networking, which means you should be spending about 70 to 80% um, of your job search networking to actually find one. That's how you find it nowadays. Like it's all who you know and who can help you and the mentors in your space and the professionals in your industry that you admire. Like don't waste time doing things that aren't valuable and networking is the number one thing that you can do before you truly start that job search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same is pretty true for uh, grad schools, like everything you just said. Like you mentioned that job search process really takes about six months or longer. And that's pretty true for grad schools. Like the application deadline, um, it usually differs between schools, but the ma- majority of grad schools want you to send in your application around December and January, which means if you're graduating in May, you better start searching six months in advance or even before, like a so year like today. in advance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Today. <laughs> Um, in my case, like I sent my first graduate application in beginning January, um, but I found out that I wasn't accepted during the first week of like March. So when I got that news, I started frantically searching for graduate schools that were still accepting applications, which was actually like surprisingly a lot. But I found that like a lot of them had a late round of application in March or April. So if you didn't start the graduate school process or search a year in advance it's okay you still have time but start searching now <laughs> um i also agree with like networking it's so important um when you ask for your letters of recommendations it can't be like just a random professor or a random manager that you've talked to like a couple times uh it really needs to be like professors and mentors that really know you in and outside of class so get that networking up Absolutely. I mean, in today's day and age, it really is a combination of who you know and what you've learned. The network is everything. And even in technical industries, like not just in like my creative industry, you know, invite mentors and the people that you admire in companies you like out to coffee or invite them to chat on the phone and do some informational interviews and get a feel for what you're interested in. By the way, an informational interview is not asking for the job. It's getting to know that person and the company and the advice that they can offer. Um, and then after you've done some rounds of that and really gotten a feel for the landscape and the industry and what you might want to do, then in around March or so, that's when you'd start seriously applying to actual positions that are expecting to open up in, um, late spring, early summer after you graduate. So should you apply for anything right now? Okay. So great question. No, don't apply for anything. Like don't just like cold call or like mass apply your resume. And when it comes to the job search process, you really ought to narrow like where you want to work, what you want to do, and what's important to you. Like, don't just apply to any position that like matches five percent of your qualifications. Like, no, no, no. Back it up. Like, what do you value? Is it a good boss over good pay? Is it the location over the benefits? You know, like whatever is most important to you. Really emphasize that in your job search and make sure that you're looking for jobs that just match that. Um, and then when you're actually like looking at jobs. You know, there's different ways to go about it. There's generic job boards. There's specific job boards. uh, There's direct company websites. There's word of mouth. There's LinkedIn. So there's a lot of different avenues to figure out where the job postings are. Um, I really do not recommend generic job boards like Indeed or Monster. Like, because they're open to the public, that means every, like, Tom, Joe, and Harry is applying to it. Like, you're going to be amongst hundreds of other resumes and it's not going to stand out. You know, apply directly to the company website um, or, like I said, use your network to find those jobs. I mean, was it like that for grad school applying? Yeah, you 
definitely need to do your research for grad school too. Like I decided my grad school after doing a lot of researching, um, I looked up um, first of all, like what field I was interested in, um, make sure the like, graduate school offers a program that's similar to what you want or exactly what you want. Sometimes that is the case. But I also researched like kind of the environment, like what is the town like? What are the people like? Uh, oftentimes, like the university will have a page with testimonials from their current grad students or they'll have um, like a section of um, recent graduates and what they're doing now. So I looked at those two and I saw that like all the places I was applying to had um, very successful graduates. Um, so that, that was definitely a factor. Uh, I think looking at the professors too, um, see what it says on like rate my professor, uh, what they've done. If you're in a science related field, maybe see how many like publications they have because Usually in graduate school, that's a very important thing. I think that's the main things. Definitely. I mean, in any situation, whether it's like grad school or work, like the most important thing is to realize that you're interviewing that company as much as they're interviewing you. Like you need to like that company. It is like a two-way dating scenario. Like figure out what you like. If you like, figure out what about that school makes you smile. Um, and if like something isn't right, that's clearly not the place for you and don't bother applying. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, same thing with grad schools. Um, for instance, actually, when my supervisor interviewed me back in April, he said, what's good for the laboratory isn't necessarily good for the student. And he said that because he had kind of already made this his decision to accept me. And he wanted me to make sure that, like, I was accepting um, to go to McGill because it was the right choice for me. Uh, I, see, I also think it's important to mention where and when people should expect an answer back from job searching. Like, what if they never get an answer? That's a good point. Like, you need to follow up, like, follow up, follow up, follow up. That's the best thing you can do. I mean, because nothing is worse than getting, like, ghosted by a company. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you apply, you get so excited, and you never hear back. Or worse, and this has happened to me, you go through four or five interviews, you get to the final round. And then you never hear back. You don't even get a no. Like that's, that's worse than getting a no is not ever knowing. So the best thing you can do is when you're not hearing back is to follow up, you know, give it a week and a half, keep following up with that recruiter or that person in your network that works at that company, you know, to see if anyone's heard back. Uh, but also recognize that some of them you may never hear back from. Um, and some you may, but always be gracious and realize that it might not be you. It might not be like, you know, a situation that you can control for why you're not hearing back. Um, actually, a lot of times, what people don't realize is, uh, for a, like an open position, sometimes people already have like who they want in mind. Like companies already have someone in place. Like I know for uh, one of my internships, they created the position just for me, so they had to open it up like a real job offer. But it was already going to me the second it opened. So just keep that in mind. They already might have someone picked out, especially if it's someone in their network. Um, there might be certain requirements that you're not aware of. Um, it might be if you're uploading your resume incorrectly, like sometimes if you're uploading a PDF document, it messes up, um, on their side of the system and it looks really weird. So they're not catching their correct keywords or being able to view your resume correctly. Um, so just like realize if you're not hearing back, it's not always you. You're not a terrible person. You don't have a terrible resume. Sometimes it's just not the right fit and you don't know the extenuating circumstances going on. But I guess for you, like how long did it take for you to hear back from grad schools? Huh? 
kind of dependent on the grad school, but for the two that I applied in like March, April, it was very fast. Like for um, CU Denver, which was the second one I applied to, um, I heard back within two weeks that I had gotten an interview and then the interview was the week after that email. And then after the interview, it took like a week and a half, I'd say, to find out that I was in. So that was very fast. And then for McGill, it also took about, I'd say like two to three weeks for the actual school to accept me. But for my supervisor, it was like right after the interview. It was like, well, he basically, at the end of the interview, he basically told me um, he would accept me as his, um, as like a student in his lab. But for the first one I applied to for CU Boulder, that one took a month and a half to get back to me. Oh, CU. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm better off now. Yeah, yeah, you're in a good place now. Um, so for those of you young adults who are looking for summer internships or your first full-time position after college, don't fret. You're going to find what you need. It will happen. As long as you're trying and you're not giving up hope, everyone ends up employed eventually, I promise. I mean, at least at CU Boulder, um, working in the career services office, like 96% of our students were employed six months after graduation, you know, whether that was entrepreneurial school or like grad school or the military or volunteer work or Peace Corps or corporate or whatever, like majority of people do get jobs and that's like a very, very high majority. So don't fret. You're, you are going to get employed. Just don't give up. That's a relief, but totally agree. <laughs> You especially, you're a doctor, you'll get employed. <laughs> um, so, Anne, are you ready to, like, jump back into school after having a month off? Or not a month off, a semester off, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm <laughs> so not ready. I was actually talking this with um, a coworker the other day. I'm like, I'm not ready to go back to class. Like, it feels so weird to, like, to even think about getting supplies for school, like notebooks and and then taking notes and having to study for exams Ugh. and then possibly doing homework. I don't know if I'll have homework or not, but yeah, I'm not ready, but I'm pretty lucky. I actually, I only have to take three classes throughout my um, master's because like all the other credits are for um, research, which is what I do at the lab. But that means I'm taking like two classes this semester and then one class the second semester and third semester, I technically won't have to take class. We'll see if I take one or not. But um, even though I'm taking two classes, it's, the schedule's kind of different for graduate school or maybe it's just a McGill thing. But my one class only meets two times a week and then the other class only meets once a week. So I'm very excited about that. At least it'll make the transitions like a little easier. <laughs> So are you like pretty used to like work life only? It's kind of, I mean, it's, in my opinion, at least it's kind of nice. Like, even though it is a transition from college, like it's nice coming home in the evenings and not having to do anything or like on the weekends, like the weekends are yours. You don't have homework. So like, do you think you're pretty used to that working life only? Oh, yes. Like at first it was really weird, but once you get used to it, it's so much nicer. It looks, Isn't it? Right. Like you can come home, you can just do the things you actually want to do, like work out, cook your dinner, and um, watch some Netflix or read. <laughs> Things you enjoy doing instead of homework. And like, back in college, I had so much homework. You really did. You were like drowning in it. <laughs> yep. I didn't have to pull any all-nighters during college. I actually like never had to do one of those, but I did go to bed at like 
three or four in the morning, so definitely didn't get much sleep sometimes. <laughs> Oof, I could not do eight more years of school, or seven, or six, or whatever. I just hope it goes quickly for your sake, because, oh my gosh, you could not pay me to go back to school right now. <laughs> I hope it goes by quickly, too. And honestly, I don't even know how many more years I've got left. I'm not counting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to keep going. Yep. You're going to be like 30 and be like, wow, I'm done. Exactly. I'm just going to keep going until like residency starts. Because after that, I don't have classes anymore. Not really. It's still a lot of studying, but at least I'm doing something and getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Getting paid is the big part. Like, it's so nice getting paid for at least like all the hours that you're doing. Right. All right, Anne. So how are you preparing then to get yourself back into the school vibes for the new year? Well, I'll actually get more into this um, in my blog tomorrow. But say the top three ways to prepare for a new semester are um, getting like all the textbooks that you need and like skimming them. Don't you don't have to read them. I know that's a very that's not what you want to do over the holidays. Nope. <laughs> skimming the um not the index, the table of contents, so that like you have an idea about like what the class is gonna be. Just just that. Just table of contents. There you go. That will give you a head start already because you'll know what's coming up. You won't be blindsided. Um also maybe getting a planner and starting to kind of like plan when your classes are and when to schedule time to study and do your homework and schedule everything else you actually want to do around that um and then tip number three and then the third hmm tip number three i'd say get your uh fill of self-care over the holidays before the new semester starts because you won't have as much time once the semester starts so <laughs> treat yourself do not like don't stress yourself out don't work too hard over the holidays make sure you fully relax and um like emotionally and physically just treat yourself that way when the new semester actually does start you'll feel better oh if that was the case i'd be treating myself all year long <laughs> um no that's that's super smart i mean yeah i agree i'm definitely looking to get a bullet journal or a planner for the new year to help me organize everything and all the different things that we have going on you know from blogging to work to social events to whatever um but yeah, I think that's definitely smart. So don't forget to check out Anne's blog tomorrow, Thursday, to hear more about that. So Anne, how is juggling grad school different than your internship? Or how do you think it'll be different? I think it'll be a little different because I'll still, it'll still be like my internship where I have to go to the lab um, and work and do my research part of the master's. But I'll also like I'll have to go to the lab and then when I have class I'll go to class and then are you still going to work full time? Um pretty much yeah cuz whenever I'm not in class I'll probably be um at the labs researching like on days where I don't have class like Tuesdays and Fridays I'll still go in and do like my 8 hours and then for days that when I do have class I'll probably go um to the lab first and then go to class cuz they're like more afternoon evening classes so yeah that will be different what are you most looking forward to and what are you most dreading hmm. i'm looking forward to meeting um new people because since i moved here like the only people i really know are my coworkers, and i love them all but it will be nice to 
like meet some students that are in my um in my master's um it'll be nice to meet other people maybe make some new friends too or a new boyfriend yes that that too that is also (laughs) something i'm looking forward to you know maybe meeting some uh cute boys on campus that wouldn't be uh that wouldn't be bad (laughs) some cute canadians true then what are you most dreading um the cute canadians (laughs) (laughs) actually it's so funny because like downtown there's so many international people like this guy actually started just talking to me at the bookstore the other day he wasn't canadian though he was british oh is it a potential is it a potential thing Mm, i don't know yet we'll see (laughs) maybe i'll see him at the bookstore again cute i ship it it's like a hallmark movie (laughs) <laughs> but anyways, nice. yeah, what are you most dreading for the semester? Um, say just homework and exams, especially exams. Like having that stress of getting good grades, especially in grad school, because um, you definitely want to have a very like, good GPA when you're in grad school. Like you're usually aiming for all A's and especially for someone who's planning on going like medical school or some other type of school after grad school, you have to have very good grades. I'm not looking forward to having that stress again of whether or not like I have 100% or like, you know, 95. Just take care of yourself. Like self-care. Don't get another one don't get another like infection that kills you for four months. <laughs> yeah. All those like uh <laughs> those throat infections. Whoops. Yeah, take care of yourself. I will. But you're going to do great. I believe in you. <laughs> Thanks. Do you think the classes are going to be like harder than undergrad? Um I think they might be harder, but since I'm not taking as many, I think it'll be easier for me. Like, I'll actually have time to study and prepare and, I don't know, maybe I'll be more motivated. I'm also very excited about these topics, so I think it'll it'll help with studying if I actually like the content. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you're going to do great. You got this. I mean, we'll check in with Anne in a couple of months here and see see how she's doing, see if she made it through. Yep, we'll we'll do an update on uh, classes and potential boys we will see (laughs) (laughs) well there you got it ramblers um you know wish and luck (laughs) hopefully these tips for starting off your new year semester or new year job search are helpful um we want you to be able to succeed so don't forget no matter what happens you're going to make 2019 great exactly well you got this ramblers if you ever have any questions or concerns please reach out to us and we're happy to help Tune in next week for our topic on healthy lifestyle. Yeah, Anne's going to be going over grocery shopping for the busy young adults such as yourself. Um, Our podcast is going to be on the new exercise classes that we're trying out. Anne's giving kickboxing a go. I'm going to recap my spin classes. And then we're also trying out a yoga yoga class this week. um, And then I'll be talking about how to make cardio fun. Because if you're like me, running just doesn't cut it anymore. It's true. And it's, it's very easy to get bored with like your cardio routine. So it'll be very exciting to see what tips you've got on that, Bailey. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, until then, ramblers, ramble on, have all the sugar cookies, enjoy the holidays, and start off your new year strong. Bye-bye, ramblers. <laughs> <laughs>